This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Bergiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. It is a momentous day on the podcast with me, your co-host, Jordan Crugiola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. We've done it. We We're did doing it. it. We're I'm so doing happy. It. We have gone into, we have gone below the surface. I'm so, so glad we're doing this. I haven't watched this show in a few years. I had forgotten. It's, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to say it now. Best show ever made. Best I show ever made. I'm I'm having, I was already, I, I immediately started having such a good time. I was like, I'm going to be so fucking mad when this is over. Yeah. I'm you so are going to be mad. Like I immediately was like, this is going to suck. It was, it was, I remember when I, I didn't watch Veronica Mars in real time. Yeah. I watched it right before. I watched it leading up to the movie coming out because friend of the show, Matt Kolsky was like, we're going to go see the Veronica Mars movie because he loves Veronica Mars. Sure. He's like, so you have to get caught up because we've got, we've all got to go see it. Like a big group of us went. And I remember like, obviously I loved it. Totally my thing. And then I watched the last episode and I was like, no wonder you people are fucking obsessed. That was brutal. Yeah. Like, that was like loving the show. So good. So good. And I like, and I knew it's going to end. I knew it was going to end. Could never have predicted the final shot I would see of the being like, wait, what? That's that. They never got any more than that. Bullshit, man. <laughs> like, I'd be pissed for a decade, too. Yep. And that was like every season of Veronica Mars as a Veronica Mars fan was just every season being like, wait, that's it? Now we have to just fight you guys until you agree to put another season on the air? Yeah, because it was yeah. a fight. It was a constant fight. It was a fight. It was that fun period of time in television when fans would just send food products to networks. Jericho. Which, the apples yeah. for Jericho. Apples Did for marshmallows Jericho. happen? I think marshmallows happened. I remember Tabasco sauce happened for something. Was it Roswell? What was Tabasco oh my sauce? God. I, I don't. That sounds. I'm sure it, it happened. It could be. I'm I don't know. Sure. I remember it was a Tabasco sauce, but yeah, the apples for Jericho. I forgot. But just sending food products. What a strange time the early 2000s were for so and many it, reasons. Like, it did. Like Jericho got another season. Yeah. Like after the apple gambit. It worked. Yeah, no, those campaigns worked the first time. And then yeah. they were like, wait, no, no, no. These people still don't. There's not enough people to watch. It was incredible, actually, the effectiveness mm-hmm. of it. Like, I don't know if they just thought it was like maybe it was it was representative of a bigger, a bigger, I, a bigger group of people. I they would thought would tune in they or thought if they that were like, like, let's give one for the Gipper. Like, was it benevolence? Like, how did no. that actually fucking work? I imagine that they were they did the same kind of metrics that you do from like a Nielsen because Nielsen is based off of, you know, a small sample size. And then so they probably saw people sending in apples and not understanding fully how the Internet works. Yeah. Which is that there's 10 loud people and 100 people who just don't give a shit. Yeah. And are never going to change their mind and (laughs) are not spoken for by the 10 loud people. They thought that the 10 loud people spoke for all the other people and they did not. They were just really loud and it was effective for a it, brief it window of time. It was effective. It, it was effective. I even I 
I uh, I ran uh, the platforms for the social media campaign for Vampire Academy when it was coming out. Sure. And I remember there was some, I think it was like some sort of MVT, MVP, MTV thing that was like vote for X thing. Like what is like the ultimate fandom kind of thing. I still am very proud of, of marshalling the fandom enough to get Vampire Academy into the quarterfinals of that wow. poll because it like a big big following behind the books and stuff but like for a movie that had not yet come out yeah it was a lead up to a release to get the book fans on board enough on twitter to go toe to toe with the one that knocked us out veronica mars fans wow that's impressive okay it was I... close it was really close until it definitely wasn't when the marshmallows surged yeah and beat us but i was very very that was some very fun active like 24 hours on twitter I bet. um just good-naturedly fighting veronica mars fans from the vampire academy account on twitter i this I had no idea about any of this, but this is that is an accomplishment because I don't. Yeah, I mean, I know Vampire Academy had fans, but it didn't necessarily have the vehement fandom that you get from like it's from it from most TV shows. So yeah, I, especially like it was it had the fandom did not turn out sufficiently to make for a box office success. That no. is for sure. So like it, it was also it was coming at like that. It was the real sunset. Of YA adaptations. Right, right, right. And we don't, this is not a podcast about Vampire Academy, but I read the script that was not the shooting script. It was better than the movie itself. Weinstein Company fucked it. Uh, so the fans deserved a better movie than they got, and they could have had one. Um, but I was there opening were- night doing my job with like 13 people. And I also believe that was the night that we uh that camp karaoke league came into our lives and we all agreed to make a team. So it was a very wow, important night that is me. a ground that is a life-changing night for you right there. <laughs> yeah, we were at we were at a Mel's drive-in in it, we were at a Mel's drive-in having dinner before the movie and our friend Emily was like, "Hey, you guys want to do a karaoke league?" and we all said a California yes to that. And then by week's end, Emily had us fucking registered, had a team name, and we were participating in karaoke league. And we were like, wow, Emily was dead serious about that. And then we did karaoke league for two years. Nothing feels more early aughts to me than the sentence we were eating at Mel's drive-in. That's I don't, gotta like, be. It doesn't matter what de- when that happened. for you. Yeah. To, that just sounds, when you, like, that could have happened in 2017. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. It, feels in my bones like it happened sometime between 2002 to 2007 because that's the only time in my mind that anybody ever ate at Mel's Drive-In. Yeah, if I ever walked into a Sherry's again back in Oregon, it would immediately be like 1999. Yeah. No no, no option. It would be time travel. Not a single time I have not gotten food poisoning from the one on Sunset. (laughs) Every... Every time. Doesn't matter no what No refrigeration at that Mel's, apparently. Who knows? I don't know what they were putting. Like, chocolate shake. Didn't matter. Didn't matter what I ate. Inevitably, I got sick off of it. Just this is how we. This is how we loop back into Surface. Because it's, what is it, a 2006 show? 2005. So 2005. let's bring, yes. I have been carrying a torch for this show for 17 years. This this show it will be a legal adult soon. <laughs> yeah. What is what is the premise of Surface? 
Okay, so the premise of Surface is that sea monsters are spotted all over the world. All over. We all are over. in so many fucking places. In the so, first two episodes of the show. My God. It is. Ev- they are everywhere. Yeah. There's sea monsters. Um, and there's obviously a government cover up. Yep. That we don't know about. Government cover up is led by the incredibly incredible Circo, Dr. Circo. Oh, yeah. Every sentence this man says is like is such a great act out moment. Like end of scene. <laughs> you know, everything he says with like menace. And a, and, a, and a light accent, it's perfect. Well, um, that is so- because, that mm-hmm. is because he is played by, I'm going to find his name. Yeah. You know him. I The you actor is, him. is so great in this because he just every, you know, last week when we were talking about um, I and Ziering have carrying too many limes. Yes. Every yes. scene. Got these he's limes. Cu- carrying so many limes, doing so, so much. Doing the most in every scene and I love him for it with his great head of hair. So the premise is, there are these sea monsters being spotted all over the world. There's a government conspiracy trying to, I guess, like cover it up. Um, meanwhile, a because this is from the Lost era, so every the show can't just have one character; it has to have twenty. Yeah. So oh, there's yeah. like massive ensemble, huge ensemble. So there's three normal people storylines. One is Miles, who is a teenage boy, um, who is a a nerd, and his older sister is Leighton Meester. And he finds... Thank God Leighton Meester's here. So great in that. Playing a little bitch before Leighton she was Meester, about to be Blair Waldorf. It was the season before she gets... Like, this was like the year before she gets cast as Blair Waldorf. It and was she's a little training just, wheels for Blair situation. It's great. And she just is a perfect bratty teen. Yeah. Um, so Miles finds a an egg and hatches it. Um. Then there is Dr. Lake Bell, who is a marine biologist who studies uh, hottie oceanographer Lake so Bell, hot. ladies and gentlemen. Lake Underappreciated Bell. talent, under discussed hottie, Lake Bell. I am always amazed whenever I see Lake Bell on screen by the fact that we don't see her in more things than I remember. It's because no one has more of an I could choke you out with my thighs vibe. It's That's not wrong. Yeah, Lake Bell is hot, but she's hot with a confidence. And I think that's why she gets undercast in things. She's because brunette. She, well, yeah, she's also brunette and that's confusing <laughs> to people. But she has like, I don't want to say, because nobody could play Blake Lively, could do Blake Lively's job in a simple favor. <laughs> but she has that energy in everything she does because there's just like, I Lake would Bell. like to see Lake Bell in every one of those suits. Oh, yeah. Lake Bell would pull that the hell off. And suffice to say, suffice to say, all I will say on this particular matter is that if you're thinking right now about the white suit in the graveyard, Lake could pull that off as well. I'm just going to say that. Lake consider, Bell. consider the cut of the suit, the things you see, the things you don't. Lake Bell could wear the wear the shit out oh, of that suit amazingly lake bell should lake bell should only wear suits <laughs> lake bell should wear lake bell should wear suits with just strategically nothing underneath and double oh. stick tape yeah yeah i would assume that's how she does that yeah that's yeah. a real a or real like Kate or Blanchett the, move or the dicky the little dicky neck the, thing yep and the cuffs yeah this is a great idea I, I just 
and that's the thing. Like as I was watching this, you know, we meet when we meet her character. She's wearing a peasant blouse, and I don't think that there's a single <laughs> role that Lake Bell has played where she hasn't worn a peasant blouse. I was gonna say, is that a stipulation? Because like who the fuck sleeps in a ple- peasant blouse? We meet her getting out of bed wearing a peasant blouse, and I was like, who decided? It, it not, this, it, she's not wearing pajamas. She is doing what I did last night, which is that she started to put on pajamas, got distracted, forgot, and then fell asleep. It looks like she put on the next day's outfit to go to bed in. No, that because there weren't enough layers. Because as <laughs> yeah. we all know, it's 2005. It 2005. There is not a single outfit that Lake Bear, Bell wears in this that does not have two to three shirts. Which is there because are, you, when you got to have two to three tank tops on in the 2000s. Accuracy. The That's yeah. reality indexing. Oh, this is this is such a time capsule of 2000 early to mid 2000s fashion between that and then Leighton Meester wearing oh, yeah. like seven tank tops and a mini skirt, just all of Aeropostale's entire entire inventory at yep. any given time. Yep. 100%. Perfection. And I, 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 I we have I have looked it up. It is the uh, the mysterious marine biologist from Berkeley uh, is played by Serbian treasure. Rade, I'm I'm gonna get the last name wrong. Rade Serbedzija. You know him from fucking everything. He's been in Shooter as the spooky Russian in the chair. You it, like like wheelchair bound. You know him as Boris the Blade, the uh quote sneaky fucking Russian from Snatch. You know him, you love him, and he's absolutely perfect here. He's so perfect in this because he shows up, he doesn't give us any information, and then he says something in a menacing tone. Yep. I just, I love the, when he shows up, and he, so there's like I uh, love it a when nuclear they meet him, sub. And they're like, yes. oh, is that him from Berkeley? And then she meets him, and she's like, I know you from Berkeley. It was like, let's keep talking about Berkeley. Yeah, and Berkeley has like ha- is is in in bold letters every time anybody <laughs> yeah. talks about it. Yeah, it's very much the the Utah. Yes, of the Cal we don't system. talk about what happened in Utah. Yeah, we don't talk about what happened to Circo at Berkeley, and I no. want to know. This is <laughs> yeah. a, one of the many questions that lingers in my brain: is what happened to Circo at Berkeley? Because there is a spe- there's clearly a backstory. Like when yeah. she brings up Berkeley, it's in a very like I know who the fuck you are kind of way. That's like accusatory. She's like, yeah, from Berkeley, and he's like, that was a long time ago. So there's mm-hmm. clearly something there. Yeah, it sounds like there might have been some sort of like insane experimentation that we'll never get to unpack because we don't get a second season of this show. But when he shows up and they at the nuclear submarine and the military guy, which I love a moment when I love any time that a military character is inconvenienced by a civilian character. Yeah. That's just one of those tropes that makes me so happy. And they're like, <laughs> we've been waiting for you. And he's like, well, I'm here now. And you're just yeah. like, well, yeah, be inconvenienced. <laughs> and then, so the military guy's like, you don't look so, you don't look too surprised. And Circo says, I'm not, I've been expecting it. Yes. And then the scene ends. Cause every time that he speaks, the scene ends. Yeah, he, it's true. He's a real, he's a real uh, like drop the curtain. Kind yeah, of guy. yeah. Every single line is an end of act line from him, and I love it. I love. I'd forgotten how much I love it because it's just so unnecessarily dramatic. And Lake lives on like fucking Tiburon Bay in Sausalito in a perfect house. Yes, with like a, a ostensibly her her own son, who she is very much more the fun aunt of. Like, yeah. you get nothing from this that's, like, parent-child. She's the fun aunt who's inherited a child. Um, the guy who, the guy in our vast ensemble 
who becomes bound and determined to figure out the secret of the sea monster because the sea monster killed his brother by dragging him into the murky deep. That guy, uh, he has a wife in this show that 100% feels like his sister. And yeah. there is no chemistry. And she's a real fuddy-duddy. I was like, the chemistry pairings in this show are absolutely wild. Yeah, on rewatching, I, there's no reason that this that her son should not have been her younger brother that she inherited after her parents died. Because that yeah. makes their relationship makes so much more sense. When she threatens to cut off the toy's ear within yeah. minutes of meeting her, that's an intense thing to meet yeah, a character. She's like, I will dismember your stuffy if you don't get ready to go. Yeah. And they, and they play have, it like a playful standoff. Yeah, she's like, in fact, she says, I'm not going to convince you. I'm going to break you. Yeah, I'm going to break, to break you. you. And she mutters this to herself while looking for scissors to cut off the toy's ear. And this is, this is age-wise, he's a little boy. I'm not like, yeah. like Belle's too young to play a mom in this. But this is 2006. And Lake Bell is young. And so I was like, making Lake Bell, forcing her to be a mom in this show... In two, like 2005, Lake Bell. No wonder I don't believe she's not his fucking parent. This doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's, she's barely a doctor. She's like 24. Like she looks 24 anyway. She does yeah. not seem. And everything about Lake Bell has that sort of in this in this show in particular has that sort of like ageless hippie thing where you're just like, I don't know how old you are, but you could be 22 or you could be 47. And I'm not sure which. And I I, I kind of I don't like that her ex-husband calls her D. I, it was weird. Her last name is like Daughtry. Yeah. And I was when they he calls her D and we haven't yet heard her name. So I was like, oh, her name. Maybe it's just straight up D. Like, yeah, maybe she's like D or Dion. De- yeah. Deirdre. I don't, Deirdre. I don't know. And then she goes to work and they're like, such and such Daughtry. And it was like, her ex husband just calls her D, the first letter of her maiden last name. This isn't cute. This isn't sweet. What the fuck is this? Nothing about their interactions were cute and sweet. It was no. all very unpleasant. Yeah, but not unpleasant in like an acrimonious ex's way, just like a, the fuck are we doing here did you in a a, these people just met kind of way yeah she she like immediately starts making barbs at him that don't seem to make total she like weird ones like all of his worst traits my son's worst traits came from you yeah and it's like we only experience him as mild like the most mild man and likely a more responsible parent than lake bell yeah he's got he's got that real big boring like he feels like the kind of dad who enjoys bicycling as a hobby yeah that's working really, on the bikes cleaning yeah. the bike chain like doing that whole thing that really that's his whole vibe like he probably has one of those little toe things that toes the kids behind him that's <laughs> yeah. that's about as like wild as this guy seems to get and then you got lake bell mm-hmm. it's a weird combination it's a weird most combination. importantly though then you've also got the third person in this which is jr ferguson from Mad Men. uh yeah. he's also on the connors now and in this, he's just leaning the hell into his southern accent. Big time. Super leaning he's into the, it. He's the one with the wife that I don't believe is his wife. Right. Well, he's the one with the wife where it's like, what? I, I'm almost on her side because, you know. Yeah, that's what I find weird about the characters. Like, I agree in concept yeah. with what she's saying, but the way she's doing it, I'm like, fuck you. Well, right. And the thing is, is that she's acting so, okay, his brother, he and his brother were spearfishing around an oil rig. Yeah. And because apparently brother, that's where all the good spearfishing is. That's where the good fish are. You want them to have that good oily. That way you don't have to marinate them. <laughs> yeah. That residue. Yeah. And so his brother accidentally spears a uh, one of these these creatures and gets dragged to the depths. Yes. 
Um, and obviously he does not deal well with that. And his wife is within like a day and a half to two days, it seems kind of ready for him to be over it. Really inconvenienced by the fact that this guy uh, hasn't coped yet with the death of his, the extremely traumatic and mysterious death of his brother. Yes. Um, and, you know, in fairness, I would also be very frustrated if my husband were like, I'm just going to go drive 17 hours to go to South Carolina. But that's my fucking problem is like she is not expressing anger over any of the right reasons. Like right. there's there's no frustration with the fact that he we don't see any conversation. He's just packing his bag and he's going to leave his wife and two children to drive to the Carolinas to go see a washed up. The government's calling it a whale, but it's clearly one of the sea monsters on a beach because he needs to confirm that this thing that he saw under the water is real and he's not crazy and it did kill his brother. And she's just like, she's not saying anything at all, but you can't just leave. She's like, I gosh, you know, I, I believe you believe you saw something. It's like you're not being supportive in the right ways and you're not being upset in the right ways either. So what's your fucking deal, lady? Yeah, that's the th- like you texted me from Montana and you were like, I just saw fucking Sasquatch. I'd be like, yes, you did. Yeah. Why it- would you fucking lie to me? Why would you make that up? You saw Sasquatch. You found it. It's out there. Look at that. Immediately yeah. believe you. Or you would just believe me just for the sake of humoring me because it doesn't hurt. Okay, this guy guy believes his brother got dragged down to the depths. Let him believe that. Let him believe there are sea monsters. That's probably less traumatic than what actually she thinks happened, which is that (laughs) he took his unprepared brother who said that he'd only been snorkeling on on his honeymoon and he'd never gone deep sea diving before. That he'd put his brother into an unsafe position. Yeah, and let then, him and have then that. got the bends and let him die. Yeah, let him have the fantasy of a sea creature because that's probably less traumatic and upsetting than the reality you think is the reality. I remember Sam, I think it was text, it was via text. Sam was texting me one time and he was like, there's a fucking ghost in here. Yeah. And I was like, do you need to come over here or do you need me to go over there because there's a fucking ghost in your house? I was not like, it's probably something else. I was like, okay, there's a ghost. These are the facts on the ground. What are we doing? Like, yeah. how are we responding to this? Because I have watched way too many fucking horror movies. The the amount of time we waste gaslighting people into not believing the thing that is actually happening is happening is just bad fucking writing. It's just bad fucking writing and I don't want to deal with it anymore. If you tell me there's a ghost in your apartment right now, Amanda, I'm going to take out the headphones. I'm going to be like, I'm coming over because you've got a ghost there and you probably shouldn't be by yourself. Like, um, what do we got to do? What do we yeah. got to do about the ghost? See, that's friendship. That's, that is. That yeah. is caring about a person. No, that is friendship. Now, if I start saying like insane things, then yeah, maybe, maybe at that <laughs> point, if I start like doing some get it going down a QAnon rabbit hole right you should start questioning me yeah I want you to I'm giving you on-air permission to question yeah me if it if becomes I a Q that. thing 100% but like if you tell me you're doing your research then yeah I'm going to your parents I'm going to Sarah we're we're, we're kidnapping you it, we're taking you out of societies perfect so you can decondition yeah deep deprogram me but yeah. like cryptozoology honestly <laughs> yeah. like cryptids Cryptids? Just believe the cryptids. Just believe. <laughs> Just believe. They're, the ocean is so full of weird shit anyway that if you would, like, yeah, why not? Yeah, there might like, be. 
that see that pissed me off about when Lake goes down in a submersible, the Mystic, and she's like surveying the seafloor. She's like, "We're gonna prove that this little hot zone here is the beginning of life on Earth. We're on mm-hmm. the seafloor. We're like five thousand feet down, and shit goes haywire. She finds herself over a giant crater in the floor of the ocean, and she's like, "Oh my god, the surface is rising! Like the depth meter gets shallower mm-hmm. and shallower. She's like, something's coming up, and then she sees out the window of the little submersible." shit flying past her like sea creature kind of stuff and they're like keep trying to tell her that she's wrong and it's like you think you know everything that exists 10,000 feet under the surface of the ocean no you fucking don't it's a galaxy under there man there is shit we have no idea about she could tell me literally she saw literally anything if she was over a hole that went 10,000 feet down I'd be like yeah, there's yeah. a whole there's a whole cosmos under you right now. Of course, you saw something unexplainable. Yeah, if if there is a hole on the on the bottom of the ocean that goes three thousand additional feet down, and we aren't expecting it, then uh, yeah, uh, and that there's a bunch of other ones. That's fucking weird, man. Insane. We so let's go. Like, let's go with that. Let's just start with the premise that something weird is happening here and then work backward from there. Let's yeah. not start with something weird seems to be happening, but it's probably normal. There are certain circumstances where we can just throw that out. Like if you're in space 100%. and some weird shit happens, it's not probably normal. <laughs> if, you're, not. if you're in a house that is over a hundred years old and you don't have any visible neighbors and something weird happens, it's probably not a normal explanation. No. And if you're on the bottom of the goddamned ocean wow. and some weird shit happens, it's probably not something we have an answer for to begin with. I, nope. I like, that's just a hard, those are hard lines for me. I'm sorry. No, that, I, it, it seems like you would be an absolute fucking moron to think otherwise. Yeah. Like, why are we down here if we think we already know everything we're going to find? The point is, we're down here because we know there is brand new, sh- new information has come to light, man. Like, there is brand new shit that mm-hmm. can change our perception of what is possible. That's what this whole fucking research grant is for. So them not believing her, I was like, you guys get the fuck out of here right now. It was, it was believe every, Lake I, Bell. I, I, come on. You always believe Lake Bell. Oh, bottom line. Always. It's a life rule. Life rule. And meanwhile, we've got the kid. We've got the kid. Is he in Florida? Looks like Florida. <sighs> sure. Is it a Carolina? Is I think he's in a Carol. I think he's in a Carolina. Because so spoiler alert: the three storylines eventually converge. So I think yeah. he's somewhere in a Carolina. Right. Okay. Yeah. We spend time in Carolinas. He's in one of the Carolinas, and he has picked an egg out of a body of water. Uh, maybe it's the Atlantic Ocean, and he has brought it, or maybe it's a still lake. I don't know. Brings it home. It puts in his fish tank. Nobody notices besides him that a the mom blithely regards what happened to all the fish the fish are all gone the tank is unseemly cloudy like yeah this mom would absolutely be like clean that dirty fucking fish tank in my house like you cannot see through it to the other side and it's emanating a glow from the bottom of the fish tank where the egg is that the kid has brought home and dropped into the bottom of it nobody noticing but the young boy Right. Well, there is, we're supposed to believe that there's a little bit of a poor little rich boy thing going on with him, yeah. with Miles, um, where his parents, he like, he makes a couple offhanded comments about how his parents aren't going to notice because they don't notice anything. And it's right, like, oh, yeah. well, I wouldn't notice you either. You're annoying. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Your sister's right. Man, your sister is. I will always side with Leighton Meester over yep. you. Go away. 100% of um, the time. So Miles, 
which by the way, I, uh, this is an unrelated, but related story. I was at a, a Oscars party a few years ago and I was with there with a the guy I was dating at the time. And I was talking to a guy that, you know, he had started talking to a guy who he kind of knew and I'm standing, I'm looking at him. I'm like, why is this guy so familiar? Have I gone on a date with this guy? Because it's always my next worry is like, sure. have I gone out with this dude already? Uh-huh. And I'm like, how do I know him? Why do I know this guy? And so I look and I'm like, and he mentions that he's a child actor. I look, I go, this is weird. But were you miles on surface? <laughs> I can't believe you met a surfacer in the wild. I met miles from surface. And wow. I was clearly the only person in the last 10 years who had recognized him from the show. <laughs> was he pleasantly surprised or just surprised? Yeah, he was, I think, bewildered by the strange stammering because he's very tall. So it's like. I always wonder what when people, tall people regard me and I'm animated and speaking <laughs> about something and they're like, what is this? What is this small creature doing? It's sweating profusely and waving its <laughs> arms in the air. And it's like, yeah. I, I think yeah. I even told them about Disaster Girls too. I was like, yeah, I have a podcast about disaster movies. I love it. And this is important information. It was he needs so to the, know this. He needed to know. So anyway, uh, the point of this is, is that the, he has the, the child actor is a lovely person. Um, but Miles is fucking awful as a character. Miles is awful. Miles, uh, a somber note. Uh, he Miles has a very uh, a sweet kind of loser teen boyfriend in the show, mm-hmm. uh, who he's kind of a dick to. Played by uh, a man, uh, a boy at the time, a man named Eddie Hassel or Hassel. I'm not quite sure to pronounce it. Uh, Eddie Hassel uh, was shot and killed in 2020. Oh God! During a carjacking. Oh. And uh, yeah, he he died in a fatal shooting. That's really sad. Yeah. So was... I, when his name came up in the credits, I was like, oh my God, Eddie Hassel. You, and oh, you like recognized. I, I, I know somebody who uh, made a movie with him in the last few years of his life and was very close to him. And there was a lot of remembrances from her about Eddie on her Instagram. And wow. the, the name had really mapped into my head. And then I saw him come up there. So a tribute to you, Eddie wow, Hassel. Wow. That's, he was, he was really, I mean, he had he was the, so good in this. You were saying you were saying like the style of the show, the yeah. hairstyle they have, the oh. mushroom hairstyle that they have on Eddie Hassel is one of the most odds things that could exist anywhere ever. Yeah, it's like somehow fluffy around his ears, but straight along the top. It's I believe Sam Wyman described that as uh, why did why did boys cut their hair to look like a penis? Oh, good point, Sam. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah. Well observed, Sam. He's not it was hair that was made to be under a beanie yeah. or a hat. And yes. S- and stick out along the edge. Sleekly under yeah. it and just poof out below it. It's 100%. It is entirely beanie styled. You're right. Yeah. Beanie yeah, and- skater hat hair. Yeah, and he's Eddie was playing Phil, who is sort of like a Spicoli character and just Oh, totally, yeah. You know, and Phil Phil really is just trying. He like, is. And he's trying. And Miles is best. kind of a prick to him. Miles is totally a dick. What he's like, oh, so they have, so they've caught the, it, it, the thing is hatched. It's run through the house. It's the whole fish tank exploded. Yes. The, the, we're just going to call. So he, Miles names the thing Nimrod. Right. Or Nim for short. And Which so is 100% Nim- what two 14 year old boys would name the thing they found. It, it's the TV acceptable version of what they would name the thing they found. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so Nim's, they've gotten Nim into a cooler and Miles is like, tells Phil, hide it. And Phil says, where? Which is a reasonable question when it's not your own home. Not your own home. I was like, when he, 
When he follows up with that instruction, I was like, you piece of shit. Yeah, when he was somewhere that no one will look. Like, no shit, dude. It's your home. Where it's like, okay, so- do you want me to hide it in your fucking parents' closet? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, hide it somewhere no one will look. I don't know. If I go to your house, I don't know where your roommate isn't looking. It's he not He calls my Miles home. in a tizzy and is like, he calls he calls his friend in a tizzy. He's like, you need to come over now. Demands yeah. that he hide the lizard for him and then kicks his ass out. And none of this is, by the way, Phil's idea. None. Phil, Phil was not the one. Who thought? Oh, we should go. I, we should go hunting for eggs because you saw a <laughs> yeah. sea creature. We should go hide it in the middle of your living room and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. None of this was his plan. No justice for Phil. Yeah, and that because yeah, then he's running around. He ends up hiding it in the like in like an, an you know a little like playhouse out in back that used to belong to Leighton when she was a little girl, and because no one will look there. And then his mom's like Miles' mom's like. Tell, you know, do this, do this, clean this, clean this. Go tell Phil to go home. And he runs up and he's like, you got to get out of here, man. It's like, you just ordered him to come to your house. Take care of your problem. And now you're just sending him home. Is Phil your fucking errand boy, Miles? I want to smack him. I can't wait for in like two years as they get a little deeper into high school and Phil discovers marijuana and Miles. (laughs) And he's gonna. And yeah, and he's gonna, and eventually, like, he stops hanging out with Miles because Miles is a fucking narc. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Miles loses kid. his one friend because Miles does not seem like a fr- kid who has an abundance of friends and no. does not deserve an abundance of friends. Miles sucks. No, I can't Phil's, gonna, go, Phil's gonna find a new group of friends, and Miles is just gonna be s- solo. Yeah. No, Miles, Miles sucks. Um, but Nim is adorable. I Nim is so cute. Nim, the baby sea monster. Sounds when they he doesn't know how to feed Nim. He keeps giving Nim. Obviously, ate all the fish in the tank. Nim likes live things, and they keep he tries to feed him fish sticks. I think he tries to feed him sushi at a certain point. He feeds him like sashimi. Yeah, he's like trying, and he's just not eating anything. And then he finally realizes he needs like live game, so he brings him a bag of goldfish and he pours him in the the tub where he's storing he's storing Nim and. He's just like he he sends out like a little electro wave and like yeah. stuns all the fish. So the fish just goes belly up, and Nim just like you're expecting like a monster moment where he's gonna like Arr! like snap, but he just yeah. like gently slides up and just like just like swallows one fish. Then you look at him again, and he's like rolling on his back like an otter, like mm-hmm. like eating the live with, fish with the, with the fish in his little pawsies. He's, he's being adorable. All I'm saying is Nim walked so that baby Yoda could run. Nim is Nim is super cute. Nim is uh, so Miles cute. Miles does not deserve Nim. No. And I do, I, I, there's a good, what does work, because Miles is a little brat, what does work with Miles and his sister Leighton Meester is they have a good sibling rivalry relationship. Oh, they have a perfect sibling relationship. I, th- one of the few relationships that I think does work in the show, I think um, Mad Men Guy and Lake Bell love their vibe. Yes. And um, bro- the brother-sister combo in the family, I think that's a great, that's a great, like, you totally believe that they're actually siblings. Yeah, well, so that's the thing, like, you d- I don't believe that they share DNA, but I do believe that they are siblings. Because yes. the way that they interact is so specifically like just can't stand each other, but in a stupid sibling way. And then yeah. the peace in their time, it's part like it is a great little through line for that. Yeah, I'm liking it already. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I will say I don't think we get I, Leighton does not get to pull as much weight as I think she deserves to. Oh, I'm I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, I, I'm I Miles has Nim, so Miles is gonna get the the lion's share of whatever the kid action is in this, which is yeah. unfortunate. 
but of course he exists in the tra- tradition of terrible disaster children. He is he's such a perfect disaster child. He makes bad choices every step of the way and we <laughs> yeah. can't get rid of him. A yeah. perfect disaster child. He makes everything your problem. Like, yeah. Even for his friends. It's not even just like because adults need to take care of children. Like even for his friends. I love the random people that we see having their lives like ruined or traumatized by the sea creatures. Mm-hmm. The poor lighthouse keeper in the Cape of Good Hope. Oh my God. Who just like the monster screams and shatters the lighthouse and just like the windows in his home and terrorizes him. Yeah. The two poor, uh, the, the, the poor the guys. Uh, yeah. Off the coast of Belize who are, he's just a guy out there with his like child or grandchild or nephew or something. And they're looking at shooting stars. And then suddenly there's all these fucking sea creatures around them. Like hopefully they're fine I'd because like they're think just they're nice fine. people. Yeah. Because they weren't concerned. They're like, the sea, the fishing will be good tomorrow. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it will be. It's I like, yeah, that for sea you. monsters don't consume all the fish. Yeah, well, you know, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. fishing could, you never know. But I know, I love, the thing that the show did really, really well, and I forgot, like, you know, as we talk about disaster density, yeah, all the movies we watch and all, like, and how much of the animals we get to see, this show gives us, Great disaster density for a TV show. I'm I'm pleased already at the amount of um, close encounters we've had. Yeah. I was worried that there was going to be like one thing implied in like the first episode. We wouldn't actually get to anything. But no, we are we are sea monstering. Yeah. From the no, outset. We get like we have a you can pretty much by at the end of episode two, you can pretty easily sketch the morphology of the monster. And you can't even say that with some of the movies we watch all the way through. We get that great the the second in command of uh scary Berkeley professor. Mm-hmm. He gets they're like boring a hole with a laser into a captured specimen that they have. The thing that turned up on the beach, maybe. Um yeah. the captured specimen that they have. And then instead of uh just being able to root around there and see what's happening inside, the side of the fucking creature explodes. Yeah, the laser won't cut through. They increase the strength of the laser, and then it just completely explodes explodes it looks like an airbag going off on somebody like this guy gets annihilated he gets like his face is ripped apart the doctor tells circo he's like she's like we had to take a three inch flap of skin off his face like it's really bad he's all bandaged up and then he goes into like a rest is then he's then he's not dead he's actually just like in hibernation his pulse is five beats a minute and but boom 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 things happen he finally like springs out of bed at some point later on the show he oh and he like when he has his freak out and his heart rate's going out of control green pus is coming out of his open yeah. wound so it's like okay there's something from the creature in there and then when he comes to life later on tears off the bandages he is fully self-repaired he mm-hmm. is a mutant now yeah and that's like oh wow we've already got we've already got muta- like human mutation being mixed with like creature parts and blood we've already had people being uh dragged down to the murky deep we've had craters in the sea floor we've had giant creature washed up on shore like we've already entered the like public government cover-up stage yeah of the and then sea creature is there's like a there's like a news report being like oh there's a whale beached off the coast here and there's like military fucking perimeter set up and it's like okay so they're already having to hide this at a massive public scale yeah. And then we end episode two. With oh, the, man. What an end. Fully. Oh, such a great moment. That, that was I did being, not see that coming. Yeah. So the end of episode two is there's like people out 
fishing for sharks in the Gulf or something and they catch a shark and they're reeling it in. And then all of a sudden they pull up the shark and it's only the head, only the head and the rest of it just there's blood dripping off. And then from high above. Yeah, we, we get see, that overhead shot. Ugh, and that thing just comes right up and eats that boat whole. It is it and it, it like it doesn't give you time to really savor it. it like cuts the black. It's like let's mm-hmm. even hanging. But like you see the thing coming up from below the ship and the jaws overtaking it. Really awesome clothes. Like you really get a sense of the scope of what these things can become. Yeah, these massive things what they can become. I'm stoked. Right? And again, this I'm already sad I'm that I know it's going to be done. This is why we have to get the Pate brothers. I I need I need to I need to have this answered, Jordan. I need them to come on this podcast and tell me what was going to happen in future seasons. Because oh, yeah. I have lived my whole life wondering you can't, this. You now. have. This is this is truly half your life. It's been 17 years. 17 years. I oh my god, it has been yeah, it's been almost half of my life. I need this. I need these answers. This is like, I'm one sorry, of the I longest relationships what... in your life. Yeah, no, it's like my friends from elementary school and then this <laughs> yeah. show. And then Sarah. I don't even think I became friends with Sarah from college until after the show came out because I would have made her watch it if the show had been <laughs> on the air. God. A thing I really like about uh, the Mad Men guy's character is that yeah. he, it's a tr- he's like a true kind of MAGA type. Yeah. Like, when he when he is he's dr- he's driven all night long. His wife calls him and is like, "How many cups of coffee you had?" And he's like, "We're way past coffee." I was like, "Is he just admitting to us that he's like on amphetamines? Like, is he is he implying that he's just like doing meth to do this drive?" And so he gets to South Carolina. He needs to see that fucking thing on the beach. But again, they've created like a quarantine around it, so we can't get to it. I 100% believe this guy would be like, he says like, this is the United States of America. I have a right to see, to be on that beach. I have a right to see this whale. I'm like, that guy's real. That guy's 100% real. March up to somebody in fucking fatigues, shortly Uh armed with multiple weapons, being like, I deserve, I'm white. I deserve to get on that beach. I can do anything I fucking want because this is the United States and I'm an American. I was like, this is not an exaggeration. This is a real person. So that felt very true. Also felt very real that he would then, after being told no, be like, yeah, okay, you're right. And then take off running, thinking he could outrun and just get onto the beach. Incredible. when he gets fully just sacked when he gets taken at just barreled into sidelong by an army person it was like i was so glad it ended that way i was like they're not gonna let him get any closer are they and it's not even like we don't even get his pov we're just kind of in a wide shot watching yeah. him get actually absolutely fucking taken out and you're like yep that was fucking stupid and lake bell who again just a fun aunt not a responsible parent. She's brought her son with her to South Carolina from yes. the California coast. Cause she's like, well, I got custody of you. So you're coming with me. And she like, they end up in like, they're evacuating the whole area around this beach. Like everybody leave your fucking homes. We're taking yeah, you to shelters. People, people are being there. evacuated still in their bikinis. Yeah. Like when they do just, <laughs> tourists get off the beach. It's get, if you live here, leave your home. We have yeah. set up temporary shelter for you. She's got the kid in a shelter. She's got the kid in an interrogation room with her. And she's like, you can't, you can't touch my son. It's like, ma'am, I think they can do whatever they want to do in this room. And then like her and her and Southern guy are like, we're going to, we're going to get a boat and we're going to take it. 
we're going to go the ocean route and we're going to go up and we're going to get onto this beach and we're going to see that whale. We're going to see that sea monster. It was like, hey, I'm pretty sure they would have a whole fucking Navy blockade out there. I'm pretty sure that boat can't get through. This is a CIA black site now. But then I love it. She just got her fucking child. I love it. In a camo cloak Mm -hmm. traipsing through Everglades. Yep. Hoping they don't get fucking shot on sight by the military. Yeah, like felony trespassing. At the time, I like that is one of those things. If you'd asked me to name things about that I remember vividly from the first <laughs> time I watched it and like things that we were, because I was very big into the, at the time, it was television without pity before that mighty big TV. Like right, I was big into right. those message boards back in the day. Uh-huh. And so we were all, I was on the surface once and we were all at the time just like, okay, this character, I can go with it. Yeah. Why is her son there? What? Why? Is Which it, is like, really the only. Really, was this really the only? You could not go to your husband and be like, this is an emergency. Yeah, I will it's a fish emergency. I, I will. I cannot. He will not be safe with me. She no. was like, I can take him. I can take him. She fully. She she traumatized that child so deeply. And I, and then at the end, they're like, they give us the one. So. It's very yeah, they're cute. sneaking through the they're sneaking through like swamp lands. Oh, yeah. And then they have to hide because there's an, like a boat patrolling and they crouch down. And then the kid sees a bunch of hagfish, which are like there are like a they, fucking they're horrifying. Yes. And then they, we, we have a pullback to reveal that they're just surrounded by hagfish was so good. I thought so, they, like so there were good. so many of them. I thought they were parts of the monster. I was like, oh, are these baby sea monsters? No. And it just- was like. Wait, are, do that many hagfish really congregate in one spot? I have no idea. I never want to know. Yeah, it was alarming. I never, never need to. I don't ever need to interact or know anything about lampreys or hagfish beyond the <laughs> fact that they exist and they're horrifying. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, that's it. That's I'm good. I'm done. I'm set. But this kid going face to face with thousands of hagfish. And then he later on he was tells right us, to scream. He was, he was right to, to scream. The only reasonable response. But then when later on he tells his mom, this was the best night ever. And I was like, yeah, that she's is- like, they're like laying on the bed. They're like faces are close to each other. She's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought you. And he's like, this is the best night of my entire life. Like he's and he's sacked out. Yeah. But you I get the feeling that maybe that's just a thing he tells his mom regularly to assure reassure yeah. her that she's not a bad mom. She's not a terrible mother. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's doing a lot of this is like him doing a lot of the emotional heavy lifting of this is parentification. Yeah. Is the I term say, I've is, learned. This is a child caring for a parent. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not mad about it because <laughs> it still gave us Lake Bell dissecting a hagfish in in on a little table in a, in motel. a motel room. Great stuff. She's yeah, pulling no, out the sh- stomach. Uh, Southern guy's taking photos of it. They're like, With a little gonna, disposable camera. We're going to break this open. And I love that she's been run off this project by Serco. Yeah. She's been told, like, life's not fair. This is need to know only and you don't need to know. Like, it's clear there are powers beyond her that are pulling the strings in this situation. She's been run around by the fucking military earlier in this day. She is back home presumably the next day or something to California. She goes to her, like her old like lab partner and she's like, I need you to look at these samples and these, these um hagfish were feeding off the monster and I'm going to study the samples in the stomach. And the guy's like, sorry, here's the paperwork. Like they're going to revoke your, they revoked your grant. They're going to shut me down 
if you continue working here. She's lost. And she's like shocked she lost her job. When she's like, they knew I went to South Carolina. It's like, there's nothing they don't know, Lake Bell. There's yeah. nothing they don't know. Like they, her they took your in that blood. Moment, yeah, her surprise in that moment was like, "Bitch, yeah, come on now." Yeah, that is. I, I will say that is the ongoing problem in it, with this character is her constant surprise and befuddlement that she can't just do the things she wants to do. It's like you're a woman in science. I refuse to believe you don't understand that there are forces outside of your control that are fucking up your life and your livelihood you are a woman in stem you know this is true yeah the fact that you were the one who was allowed to go down in the submersible that alone i imagine you had to fight for like bell yeah absolutely yeah but no and and again and they took your blood what do you think they're doing with that they're keeping your dna on file they're checking your fingerprints they yes they know this is after this is 2005 so no fly lists exist. We know that like the right. government can track who's flying places. Yeah. They're aware you don't live in South Carolina. Yep. I Yeah. Yeah. They know the last 50 things you bought at the grocery store, man. Like, yeah. And then this show has the audacity to give us this like Southern guy can't sleep because he's in a loveless marriage. Yeah. And they've discovered a sea monster and the government is now after them. And the one person in the world who understands is like Belle. So he calls her. She's sad because she's been laid off. And she is looking so fucking sexy in her little mm-hmm. Jersey t-shirt. The The way that phone call is lit, I was yeah. like, they set this shot up. They were like, we are going to put Lake in some hero ass lighting like her she is gonna she's gonna look like a fucking star in this one sad phone call at the end of episode two bravo to the team for that shot i i don't know whether oh my god i i this is like one of the top five times i've wanted to be a person ever I feel like there's no bad way to shoot Lake Bell as the thing. Absolutely not. Like every shot of Lake Bell is a hero shot. That's just it's, what it is. It's so, it's so just like stripped down glamour. I was mm-hmm. like this applause because we see, we only see her in like the broad light of day or deep dark at night. And then she's just in this like wonderful warm interior lighting in her home. And she's sad and she's in her little jersey. And I was like, oh, you people knowing <laughs> what you have. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's right. You know Lake Bell is smart and you know Lake Bell is good and you know Lake Bell is a fox. You yep. know it all. It's all true. It's great. It's great. The it's respect so great. she deserves and so infrequently has gotten. Yeah, it's true. As I was watching that phone call, all I could think was, man, if his wife is pissed right now. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Wait till she finds out what the biologist looks like. Oh, yeah. Like, she was already a little weird Woo! about, like, whoa, wait, you went to South Carolina and you met a woman and the woman knows the thing about the things that you are being weird yeah. about. And, like, and she he was already... back, he's like, I got her phone number and I got her email and we're going to keep in touch. And I was like, yeah, this is and not a woman already... who's going to understand that. Yeah, she's already threatened by that situation. Mm, totally. Once she sees what Lake Bell looks like, because this Fucked. woman, this woman looks like she could be in like she's a very lovely she she she's looks a, like she's an utterly normal gal she looks like she could be in a commercial for medicine <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter what medicine it no. could be arthritis it could be premenopause 
It could be anything. Yeah. But she just has that memory improvement. Yeah. Literally any medicine. Oh, speaking of sidebar, I I meant to say this earlier, but, you know, the Chantix turkey. Dearly departed. I know. I know. I was trying to figure out how to, like, work a reference on our Twitter account into, like, rest in peace Chantix turkey. And I was like, no, there's no way. Ray Liotta became a part of this podcast. That's the thing. That's why I want to take a second to mention him. Became a part of this podcast. Yeah. As the Shantix Turkey. <laughs> and I. That we had two separate identical conversations about the Shantix Turkey. He's part of the lore now. He's part of the podcast. And it really it. And this this is this might sound flippant, but it is truly not like it. It is a testament to the breadth of body of work. Yeah that Ray Liotta had in his life where you knew it was Ray Liotta. Like, yeah. where he was undis- unmistakably Ray Liotta. And whether whether it was cinema on the order of Goodfellas or it was some fucking trash-ass DTV movie that he was absolutely slumming it to be in, but he was showing up and being Ray fucking Liotta, he was, oh, he was, he was iconic. He was an iconic figure in mm-hmm. and of himself and he was so effective no matter where he was and so truly rest in peace to Ray Liotta who has yeah. been a part of our show inexplicably inspired, as the turkey inspired the wear turkey episode you know that it fucking 67 years old he was working mm-hmm. he had been working this man was was not this man was career was not done it fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. And I'm but, glad. I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad we yeah. can say a little something about Ray Liotta I, here. I, I'm sorry. I know this is completely sidebarred. No, from, it's like, a the movie podcast. But it's and to movie discuss. podcasts have every right to recognize Ray Liotta. Absolutely, even if it is inexplicably for his role as the spokesperson for a smoking cessation drug that was Chantix related turkey. to turkeys. The Chantix turkey. The Chantix turkey. Was so. it Jason who hate Jason couldn't stand the Shantix turkey, right? Yes, yes. Jason Jason's Shantix turkey was my Charmin Bears. That's I couldn't remember who, which of the two of you. Oh yeah, which because one? My was vendetta is against the Charmin Bears. Understandably, do you have you heard the new ads? I, new I saw songs? it like today. I hate them I was so like, much. This fucking reign of terror will never end with these dirty ass bears. <laughs> Sick. It's sick. It's grotesque. It's horrible. It's vile. Sometimes I, because I listen to the radio when I'm in the car and I'm, I'll be channel surfing and I'll be like, I don't recognize this song. And then I'll realize it's a goddamn Charmin Bear song. Oh my and God. And I'll realize it because I'll be like, my booty's so clean. And I'm like, what is happening? No. 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 I hate it. I, I cannot believe these people have been allowed to get away with this. I cannot believe people advertising professionals got paid such a high hourly rate to accost us with the charm the unhygienic charmin bears to make us think about just bears that could really could use a bidet could use a washing yeah a thorough fucking scrubbing shantic shantic's turkey at least stayed in his fucking lane and stopping smoking is good what is wrong why is there what is the where was the root of the Charmin Bears campaign where they were like, you know what people really have an issue with is sufficiently wiping their asses. 
we need a way to make him feel okay about that. And the end point is cartoon bears. It's cartoon bears. I hate how I can see where the logic of the Charmin bears, how that happened. Awful. I just don't understand why we keep being subjected to it. It's been so, they cannot. I feel like it's been my entire life at this point. It is so fucking long. Like, Flo from Progressive is still Mm. doing it, man. And still funny. Still into those ads. The new one Flo from Progressive has with John Hamm, hilarious. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I need, that's great because you know she was on Mad Men. Yes. It's, no, it's great stuff. Mm. It's great stuff. Need to see it. There, this is, this, the, the Charmin Bears, they're no Flo. Like, they can't be allowed to become legacy spokes creatures. Absolutely not. No. No, they're not. They're, the Aflac duck, sure. Hang around. The gecko, Geico, great, okay. great guy. Why are all of the insurance companies the ones that have the best ads? Because that's also, remember, there's also the that's, Allstate one about the not becoming your parents, which, like, yeah. I will watch that every time with every time. attention. I, if, I, if I'm watching a basketball game, I'm not fast-forwarding through that commercial. Not a chance. When I'm there's gonna, a new one, it's like event television for Yeah, me. when I realized there was a newer one recently, the mm-hmm. one with the, the meatball in the freezer, I was like, oh, thank God, we've got new material. I don't think I've seen the meatball in the freezer. It's great stuff. I've really been enjoying the movie theater one where, they're like, we don't need a coat wrangler. We don't need Everyone a, we don't need a coat wrangler. We don't and when he when she claps at the end though and he's like yeah. nobody from the movies here was like hey man fuck you clapping in movie theater is fine you can clap in a movie theater it's nice to just celebrate a good show well I but here's the thing what movie were do you think they were seeing because I don't feel like <laughs> like I feel like this is a group who they'll clap at the end of any like they'll clap at the end of every movie yeah of every I movie. don't I don't necessarily think that like breakthrough the story of yeah. the you know the story of the kid who falls in the ice and miraculously survives yeah. That feels like a movie that this fam that these people would be going to doesn't need applause at the end. That it's not th- like this is ambulance, you know. I I I the special place in my heart too for the the becoming your parents ads because those people becoming their parents are one hundred percent my sister's husband. <laughs> be- they're him, and I was explaining this to Riley, and she was laughing really hard. And then later, like that day or a couple days later, one of the ads came on when I was staying with them at their house, and Riley and me just start giggling, and Spencer was like, "What?" We were like. I mean, it's you. Like, this is, like, I was like, can't, I was like, you sidling up to the ticket agent being like, so we got a, we got a rough timeline on when the flight's going to, three hours from now, sir. Three hours from now. <laughs> that's a hundred percent Spencer. And he watched it and he was like, yeah, no, that's pretty much me. Like, he completely agrees that he is, he is the ad, he is the advertisement. So oh, that, yeah. when you that's see. That's great. That's great copy right there. When you see yourself in it, that moment is always just really, that's what makes it so effective is that you can see, I think anybody can see themselves a little bit in those moments. You, and, and the J.K. Simmons, we are farmers. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Like, those are, those are pretty damn good. You're right. Insurance companies K- are really. Chaos that has the guy from. Uh... Oh, yeah. From, I know him from Oz. Okay, well, I know him from 30 Rock, but yeah. Which is Oz always is... like, anytime I see that, anytime when I started seeing that he's the mayhem, like protect yourself mm-hmm. from mayhem like me, I was like, wow, one of the guys from Oz is a pitch man now. Like, <laughs> That's fucking wild. <laughs> um, but he's great at it. The guy's he's like, great at it. So the point is um, that, yeah, I don't know why, but insurance companies, they have the best fucking ads. They do. If they only, do. If only the minds behind these insurance companies could have got behind the promotion of Surface and ensured that it was going to get a second season. If only, geez. But you, like, first two episodes, these are really like this is solid. This isn't just Amanda loves trash. This no. is like no. This is actually a really fun time. I don't know what you would want from it that it's not giving you. Yeah. Like I, I, and, and watching it truly, one of my prevailing thoughts was I was like, 
I am so grateful to live in a time when La Brea can get a season two. Oh, thank God. I was like, because if La Brea, if La Brea can get a season two, and I think it's the yeah. same network, isn't it? It's NBC. It is. They're both NBC. If La Brea can get a season two, there is absolutely no fucking reason that Surface should not have gotten a season two. Well, we are living in two different times for oh, ratings. Yes. Truly yes. two different times for ratings. And so Surface now, I think, would have been a huge hit if you looked at their numbers. But right. By the numbers, it's, it's probably a totally solid yeah. network show. But by the, but at the time, it was a failure. It was an abject failure. The network wanted the next Lost. Instead, things just get weirder. Like, this show doesn't quite move at the speed of La Brea. It comes <laughs> pretty close. And it like, really that that I feel like that's suited now mm-hmm. to a, a, a an audience of 2022. Like that yeah. speed, that insanity, the ridiculousness. Like we're really thriving in that right now. Yeah, yeah. And they're just they were just throwing they threw so many so many sea creatures at us and just kept giving us like more information about weird <laughs> things the sea creatures do. Yes, it never becomes more coherent, and that's why <laughs> I love this show. So Jordan, do you have like? Any predictions about where you see any of this going? Where do you, what's your, your current roadmap for the next few episodes? Gosh. Mm, I'm going to say, I mean, I know plot lines are going to converge. I feel like, God, maybe it'll be episode three, but by episode four, Nim has to enter the purview of Lake Bell. Or... Circa or both and maybe it becomes mm-hmm. like a race against time like I feel like Nim is going to become like the thing. ET sort of thing yeah like Nim maybe Nim will become the thing that gets Lake fully involved in the project with Circo maybe it's like listen I've got something you want and it is a tiny dinosaur and <laughs> like you told me before like I had no business being in this project um telling you now like you know, I'll tell you where the I'll tell you where the dinosaur is if you bring me out to the project kind of thing. Because she can't I I don't know. I suppose she could be on the outs of it the whole time. This show, it sounds like it is a chaotic so- show and that would be a chaotic choice. But yeah. I feel like at a certain point she's got to become involved with him so they so that, you know, she's not constantly on the run or something. So I feel like mm-hmm. Nim will be an intersecting point for Circo and Lake Bell. That is something I will go with. Uh, I don't think the Southern guy is going to leave his wife as much as he really should. Um, <laughs> there's got to be, even in the, just the next couple episodes, there's got to be another misadventure between Nim and Phil and Miles. I don't believe Miles can keep this controlled in any capacity or Nim's going to get too fucking big too quickly. And um, hopefully more shenanigans between the siblings. And those will be my those will be my ones for now. Okay, I like it. I mean, I think I don't remember the pacing of most of the show because I haven't watched it in several years. So that sounds right. I don't know. Is this an 18, 20? I think this was 18 episodes. Okay. Yeah. Front half, back half nine. Yeah, I think it was 18. It might have been more. Well, I don't know. At least it came out in the time when episodes of TV had like 25 episodes. Right. Or seasons of TV. Exactly. That's, I mean, like, thank God for that. If we'd only gotten like seven episodes and then it yeah. was the end of the season the way that we did with with uh, La Brea, I would have been so disappointed. Yeah, 100% same. Yeah, I don't. So I was so lazy because I didn't want to work my DVD player um, because I do <laughs> own it on DVD. 
then I went and bought the whole thing again um, on streaming. <laughs> You'll use so, that. Oh, no, there's only 15, Amanda. Oh, there's 15? God. That's bullshit. It felt like so many more. That's bullshit. I'm disappointed yeah. to hear that. Again, it's it, I, I can't express enough how much this has haunted me to this day that we don't have answers. So only 15. I could have sworn there were more, but only 15 episodes. I mean, look, man, we look, were given, man, we were given this brief bit of brilliance. Yeah. And we couldn't appreciate it when we had it. OK, so F- Lake Bell, 43 now, 17 years ago, she would have been 27. Yeah, 26. 26 26 yeah yeah like it's it's too weird it's not there's no mom vibe coming off her with this kid no there's no there is no mom vibe coming off of her so just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the truth is none of these humans act like normal humans for the most part but it works (laughs) because the monsters are so great yeah, the monsters, no, the monsters are, so are great, and we're here for the disasters. We're here yeah. for the disasters. Oh, and the mysterious government guy. The handsome, mysterious government guy That's who shows right. up in the That's middle right. of episode two. Oh, I love a handsome, mysterious government guy. Yeah, no, you got to have that. And yeah. clearly there needs to be bureaucracy in play, so. Yeah. And we're going to get all of that good stuff next episode. I'm so excited. I'm so happy you're on this journey with me, Jordan. Me too. And that is that is obviously, we're doing the every other week format. Yeah. So what then will next week be so next week um we're good we're gonna go with a a cold themed or not a, not a, well not necessarily just cold themed cold and disaster from space ah okay we are gonna be watching post impact post impact i know nothing about it ladies and gentlemen meteor bay letter seven struck earth on october 18th 2012 so this is actually set in the future because this movie was directed in 2000 was made in 2004 <laughs> but into th- so this was from 2004. Meteor Bay Letter 7 struck Earth on October 18th, 2012, causing earthquakes, tidal waves, and a dust cloud that soon covered most of the Northern Hemisphere. It changed the face of our planet forever. Yep. And it stars, of course, Dean Cain. Oh, a Dean Cain special. We got what? a Dean Cain, Dean Cain versus space. Hopefully, it'll be better than um, the airplane fighting uh, a volcano movie. Most things would be. <laughs> true so that's uh, as we know dean's no casper dean's no casper dean does not commit to it the way that casper does that's no, he does damn not. fucking sure <laughs> so we're gonna see dean kane fight an asteroid or fight the uh consequences of an asteroid or who knows what he'll be doing but we'll <laughs> yeah. be watching it we just know that it's post-impact yeah and that is gonna be streamable on all the services so stream it. I think it's Tubi is probably the best option. It looks like Tubi's on there. There were several of the services I did not recognize the names of. Okay. Um, I One of them was, well, one, and then there was Redbox, which I was like, no one uses Redbox. Red Stop Box. lying to me. Yeah. Just watch. Impressive. Yeah. Where Letterbox was like, oh, you can stream it on Redbox. And I was like, that's not. That's like, go make the real. call from a phone booth kind of situation. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think Redbox had a streaming service. So anyway, that's what we'll be doing next. And then after that, we'll come back to the surface. And after, just, yeah, after that, it's 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 three and four of surface. Surface. So I'm putting it out now, guys. That means we have like six more episodes or seven more episodes of the of of surface. We're doing it every other week. That means we have 14 weeks for somebody who is listening to find a way mm-hmm. to get in contact with the Pate brothers. 
I know someone out there has to know the Pate brothers. I don't know why I believe this so fervently, but I, I, do. I don't know why I'm sure, but I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I just know there has to somehow one way or another, this has to happen. They don't even have to come on the podcast. They can just mail me the show Bible. They, they sold NBC with, <laughs> I don't care. I just need to know. So I you guys, I we got, just need to know. Basically by the end of the summer, I want a fucking answer. And you you'll understand why you have you'll your marching orders, why. disaster divas. You'll understand why I need those answers once we get to the end of the season. <laughs> All right, guys, let's crack this case. Let's get let's on. Let's make it. this happen, guys. Okay, so Jordan, in the meantime, yeah, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J O R C R U. You can uh, find the end of the botcast, Home Movie Podcast, botcast edition. Uh, we're putting out our last few episodes of that which is uh been having a lot of fun over there. Feeling seen pod, as always, we are having the best conversations with the guests that come on. Uh, me and that guest, uh, that's the we and wonderful producer Marissa, who makes the whole thing possible. So hit up the feeling seen pod. And uh, yeah, that's, and Ots Tyrion will be back before too terribly long, but that's plenty of hours of podcasting for you to listen to for now. So many, I'm so looking forward. Like I leave for my road trip in three weeks or two and a half weeks. I'm so excited to have just like, 27 hours of scene to listen to i think you're and i think you're really gonna if you listen to a podcast i think you're really gonna enjoy my friend margo's insights on gender and robots i want to listen to podcasts but i'm also like do i want to have more feelings and thoughts about the robot apocalypse or do i want to just be pleasantly surprised by the whole experience i think (laughs) i don't think i want to be prepared for it i think i want to be pleasantly surprised Mm, okay me and Margot are will be fighting on the side of the robots. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, I I don't fault. I mean, I'm I'm on the side of pretty much anything but humans most of the time, anyways. So. Yeah, you know, as we have established, uh, if you if you are the people that make the slave class and the slave class rises up, you are you the slave makers are in the wrong. So yeah. anyway, remember to say thank you after you ask Siri questions. That's all. I have yeah, to. man, be fucking respectful to your robot assistants and helpers. Yeah. It's important. It's crucial. I dated a guy who taught, who like, I think he he taught Siri basically to call him master because they taught him that was her, his name. And I was like, well, that's, that's I'm going to disavow you during the, yeah. during the robot uprising. He's on the first to go list. I'm going to show them where his house is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I will God, 100% no. be like, yeah, over there, over there. I was, yeah, I thought it was, it was weird was, at the time, man. It was I him. Yeah. And where, where can you be found? Ah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter and uh, just constantly, endlessly doom scrolling, yes. yelling about politics or uh, baseball butts yep. or or just pre. You know what? If you haven't watched it yet, guys, watch Prehistoric Planet. I was going to say or Prehistoric Planet or Prehistoric Planet. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> like some of the best just programming I have experienced in a very long time. I'm so enjoying it. It's so good. Even if you don't like dinosaurs, if you just like nature, like if you like the soothing quality of a nature documentary, prehistoric planet, man. (laughs) So great. Outstanding. And uh, of course, we're disaster girls. uh, We're disaster underscore girl. Disaster underscore pod. Disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. And we're disaster girls on Letterboxd. Um, So... Tweet at us, email us, talk with us. I 
am always bored on the internet. Um, oh, and give God. us five star ratings and reviews because that's really good. Just fucking do it. What are you just, waiting for? Just fucking do it. It takes zero time. It really does. If you can't think of what to write, I've said it before, just use predictive text. No yeah. one cares. We're not going to be vetting what you say. So just, just anything that comes up. Just boost our numbers, guys. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Look, if if this, if, what is it? If the Flash entering the Speed Force <laughs> yeah. can win an Academy Award, there's no reason we can't mobilize the Disaster Divas mm-hmm. to likewise give us the most ratings and reviews of any podcast of all time. Yeah, send us into the Speed Force. <laughs> That's, come on. Yeah. Come on, Snyder fans, prove it. Yeah. Here's me issuing a gauntlet to you. Fucking prove it. You want to show me that you're worth a damn? Prove your power. Do something. Yeah. Hey, we did not I bet the K-pop fans could do it. So why don't you do it? God, I wish wish we had the power. Like, Disaster Divas, harness your K-pop power and do it. Harness your Blackpink energy. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that's everything, I think, at this point. That is everything. Other than begging for people to rate to, to review us on iTunes, I think we're done. So <laughs> we'll see y'all back next week for post apocalypse or post impact. Post impact. Good night. Bye, everyone. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>